I'm Josh Dolan. That's David Graham. And this is the Have Rods Will Travel podcast. Six intros later, no big deal. All right, David. Well, I am uh, coming off of a day of driving and chasing down brown trout, and I smell terrible. So luckily, we don't have smell vision, and nobody can hear how bad I stink. But uh, it's uh, it's been quite the day. Well, I've you been... know what? It's Valentine's Day, so I at least hey, listen, folks. At the time this is recorded, this is Valentine's yeah. Day, and Josh Dolan is on record as saying he did not spend that day with his girlfriend. He elected to go and spend time with fish. He's a horrible, yeah. terrible example of what a man should be in providing right. for his woman. Correct. And I'm Correct. sitting here talking to him instead of spending time with my wife, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah, I actually got the green light to go today. So that just shows you oh, why our uh, permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's why our 12 year relationship has worked. She's supported me through all this crap. But there you go. no, I, I, uh, I'm working at this Virginia master angler thing and I'm sitting one species away from this benchmark that only one other person has done and it's eating me alive that i'm not there yet so i'm i'm going any chance i can get and this brown trout has given me like just fits for years now and Mm -hmm. we're we just have a state in which we just don't grow a lot of big brown trout so i'm more or less chasing the stocking truck and it's just a terrible thing so i had a day full of running around the mountains on three hours of sleep trying yeah. to catch fish i got a three and a half pounder but they got to be five pounds for virginia trophy requirements so well there's times where i look at your style of fishing and i am like envious of how like how like uh, goal oriented you are and how you have like objectives and like levels yeah. that you like reach and i'm like man you know that's probably the better way to do it like to be having something you're chasing and then there's other times where i'm like <clears throat> Not getting it would probably piss me off. So maybe it's better yeah. that I just meandering yeah. aimlessly through this fishing thing with no goals and no idea of where I'm going or what I'm doing. But the amount of money <laughs> I've thrown at brown trout and not really had I mean, I've caught I've caught four that have been within like striking distance, but the amount of money and time and effort you throw into this thing just yeah. to basically like I came back today with basically nothing to show for it. It's such an aggravating thing. I guess the risk and reward is a lot bigger swing because like if you do get it, you're probably on like a lot more excited than if you didn't necessarily have like an objective in mind. Whereas if you don't get it, you're a little more pissed off than if you're like, Oh, well tomorrow's the next day. Yeah. It's just like with every other species, you can sort of like, you feel like you're moving the ball down the field. Like, okay, I didn't catch one this trip, but I figured a little bit out. And it, 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 you keep doing that until you're successful. With the trout yeah. here, it's like they go and they, they'll they put a big trout and, and stock this water, and then all the rednecks come in and catch them all up, and then there's none left. And, like, you're basically just every time you go, you're throwing a Hail Mary try because there's no body of water really where those fish get to thrive. Like, you know, it's, it's just – Every time you go out, you're basically it's all or nothing. You either catch it yeah. or you don't. You don't really learn anything new. It's 
just a pain in the ass. I was driving back to film this and I checked the, we get like announced where they stock. Like each day they announce like, Oh, this body of water got stocked. Well, I saw <laughs> one got stocked with brown trout on my way home. I'm like, I'm just going to swing by there. It's right off the interstate. I'm going to just make a couple casts. Maybe just something crazy will happen. I pull up and there's already a dozen people in a hundred yards. Uh. I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing that. So I, I talked to, our buddy grant on the way home like dude i don't know how i'm gonna catch this brown trout but it's not gonna be doing that well are it's, they stalking trophy sized brown trout or are they stalking baby ones that grow up it's like a, it's like a 95 to 5 percent mix so it's like oh it's that's it's, interesting. it's it's put and take water so like we have special reg waters where like everything has to go back but it's up in the mountains like it's they still get harvested just nobody you know you still yeah. have the dude that doesn't give a shit and he's taking the fish anyway so it there's a couple of places where you could get lucky but like a lot of those special regulation places are like f- very fly fishing oriented and i'm not talented enough at fly fishing to like have success doing that so there's like no real body of water for what i do like i need to be doing it on rod and reel but i don't want to be fishing the places where they harvest everything so i don't want to open this can of worms but it's like me as on a guy on the outside looking in that does not do that style of fishing that finds it interesting i'm like i you know sit and sort of analyze and unpack the different layers of it i think to myself is there a regulatory body that's really like analyzing these catches? It just seems very open for dishonesty. Is this all on an honor system? I mean, can somebody go out there and cast net a record? And Yeah. 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 So it's, I mean, I hate to think that, but it's just like, if my mind went there that quickly, somebody else out there, you know, there's some people out there shitting around. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to think that, but it's just like, my mind went straight there. Like, how are people rigging this to cheat? It's funny you mention that because they they kind of revamped the program at the beginning of 2020 for that reason. You had dudes going out and catching, you know, 15 citations in a day. Ugh. And like oh in like very clearly fishing like trout stock pond, like not trout ponds, not ponds where you go trout fishing, like literally casting in the trout pond you can see the concrete in the back of the photos like you're fishing the pond that they get the stock fish from like you don't just go out and catch 20 citation brown trout in a weekend that that doesn't happen this is like the thing is there's certain guys i'm gonna do this without getting too specific here's your blue ribbon you're the winner (laughs) Well, that's Grant and I, <laughs> we, we have this conversation. We talked about it in our podcast, the last one we just uploaded, number three. But there are certain guys that treat this way more than what it is. Like, it's kind of frustrating to me at this point because it's like I'm doing all this work to catch a brown trout. And no, nobody's like I'm so deep in the hole now that I can't <laughs> back out. Like, I've gotten 24 out of 30. Like, I have to finish it. But it's just. I can't not do it at this point. So I have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately I'm like going to get successful. And Otherwise you're a quitter. Yeah. I'm going to complete the program and it's going to get me nowhere. But that's the funny thing with like these guys that cheat, like there's a few individual people who've gotten a lot of success in that where they go and they'll catch a fish and they have absolutely no proof of it. Like they just say, yep, I caught 
this incredibly hard species, but I didn't take a photo of it, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to post a photo online, but I got a witness signature. Cool. Like, it's all an honor system. So if you're li- like, if you're lying, you just lie. Well, like, you know, uh, you know how I am, and I know it's a point of frustration for you that I'm always the guy that's like, that's a lie. <laughs> that like, ain't real. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm the yeah. guy, but I, I, I think if it stinks enough as being lying, oh, yeah. cheating, or stealing, like yeah. if you just if that if it like resonates yeah. with something yeah. ain't right. Yeah, that's I, a I, lie. I had. It's kind of sad because I had this one particular person who I really looked up to, and he was big into he he was my idol as I got started doing all this and. The more I did it and the the deeper I got into it, the more I realized, like, you don't just go out and catch 10, 15, 20 citations in a day or a weekend. Like, all these yeah. crazy numbers. I don't care if you're not every weekend it. anyway. <laughs> no, but like every now and then you get a home run weekend. But sure. But like not with brown <laughs> trout. You sure. Right. Like you, you go catch 10 perch citations. I can see that they're schooling fish, but like yeah. when I check the records and I see that you've logged 300 trout citations in two weeks or a, you know, a week and a half. And then I go and I, I find photos of it and you can very blatantly see that you're standing on like poured concrete. What trout stream do you know of that has poured concrete that you can stand on? The fish, the fish is wearing a collar. Yeah, and they're all tags. Beat. They're all beat <laughs> to shit. They look like they've been through a blender. Like they're very obviously trout stock pond fish. Like I'm almost certain that this particular angler has went to a popular like like uh, outfitter that takes the fish and puts them in the stream so you can catch them. I'm almost like I feel it in my soul that this dude went and offered them money to go fish the ponds that they stocked from. Like I, I'm. In fact, if you had a gun to my head, I would say he. This guy has did this. Also, like, there's one particular citation species that like only three or four have like ever been caught in the state of Virginia. It's a very hard one. And like you go back through and you look at the weekend in which he caught it and the date in particular in which he caught it and the water body in which he caught it from the river he caught it from. And you correlate that. And it just so happens that that river was in major flood stage during yeah. the day. Like, you know, you caught it on, you know, whatever month, whatever day. I'm not I'm not getting too specific because people listen to this, hopefully. But you go and you look. And you're like, oh, you caught this incredibly hard fish to catch. It's like, cool, good on you. And you have you you sit you send me this you send the the angling world this entire detailed list of like or not list but like this elaborate like we know these guys the guys that use too much information to make you believe them they just yeah. like go over the top. It was this this happened and this happened and then my, it tap, I charted tap on the my, moon phases. Yeah. And tap tap on my line, and I set the hook, and the water was swirling. Like they use yeah. just descriptive. They paint the picture, so there's no way the they information be lying. overload where you just have to blindly follow and trust. There's there's no way they're making this up. It would be too psychotic for you to for this to be fake. Yeah, but then you just happen to look at the day they caught it, and then you just happen to look at the river they caught it. It's a very small river. It's a very specific area, and you look at 
their rendition of the story and then you realize that particular day and weekend the river was literally flooding people's houses so there's no way you did what you said you did like Mm -hmm. you're lying about the day you're lying (laughs) something's wrong here and then you don't you harvest the fish but then you give it away have you ever heard about some like heard somebody doing that you harvest the fish like you spent your entire life trying to catch this one fish right with non-game fish, I hear that. I gave that to Betsy, the lady down the street. Like, well, no, that thing's me, in a trash right. can somewhere. You you kept this fish, and you're going to get it mounted. That's your full intention. You've worked for years to catch this thing. You go to get it mounted, and then you don't do your normal routine of taking a photo in the boat or at the boat ramp or on the bank. You take it back to a parking lot, and you take a photo with it. It's kind of weird to begin with. Like, you took it all the way back to, like, a hotel room parking lot took the photo on a tripod and then you give the fish away that you had full intention of getting mounted. You give that fish away to like a hungry family, this fish <laughs> that you worked years of your life for. Why wouldn't you just give and those that's people genius? Like, but see now there's no proof that you caught it or there's right. no proof. But if there's you're, no- if you're openly skeptical, now you're questioning their, their, uh, good nature to give to a needy mm-hmm. family what are you some kind of hateful mm-hmm. bastard yeah yeah <laughs> that's the most frustrating thing about all that to me is what i'm listening mm-hmm. to is yeah. like naturally you're going to be skeptical but if you're skeptical out loud you yeah. run the very big risk of sounding yeah. like a hater if you don't yeah. have some damn good right. proof and evidence to right. bring to the table right which is why i've never publicly come to the table with any of this because it, it looks bad on me because i'm trying right. to do the same hater thing. yeah right i'm trying to do the same thing so if i'm like hey look at literally this litany of discrepancies here didn't catch it where you said you caught it like the river was at flood stage there's no proof of the size because you're jealous your forced perspective perspective and then the fish is gone there's no you have to then go catch a similar species to get it painted like the fish that you caught so it's just that's one small example of like a bunch of stuff with this one particular dude but i've never said his name i don't talk about him i keep it like very vague so nobody knows about it cuz i'm not trying to pick a fight with anybody i'm just trying to do my own thing but but it's very frustrating when you do everything on the up and up and somebody can just do like you're talking about and just yeah the truth <laughs> the truth the truth is what i say it is so it's like cool that's you know. the uh, ru- that's the risk you run of of having objectives and goals is uh, yeah. you leave yourself open to being mad when somebody passes you in the race <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's take the same- tortoise and the hare approach right 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 so it's you know i've i've always I broke away from that guy as as we got deeper down the path. I kind of split off and yeah, that's disappointing. Went my own way and dude, I do this like you don't win anything. You just you do it and then it's over with. There's no grand prize yeah. at the end. Like nobody cares other than the other people that are doing it. So it's like I've gotten to the point with this where I get a lot of enjoyment about around just like traveling and catching fish and doing it for me and then. The rest of it, whatever happens beyond that just happens. I'm not forcing anything, so I don't know. It's a good reason to get up and get out early that you might yeah. have not otherwise had like as much of an eagerness and an ambition to hop out of bed and get ready for the day if you're just casual angling. 
it's just it's it's just giving yourself a a goal. Like yeah. I, I I I tried recording my own podcast yesterday and it went horribly wrong. But the topic in that podcast was angler recognition programs and why to do it. It's it just gives new anglers or anglers that are looking for a new challenge. It gives them a goal to work towards. So if you're right, you know, if you pick up fishing tomorrow and you're like, all right, how do I quantify? whether or not I'm getting better. Like, okay, well, here's your trophy mm-hmm. requirements for largemouth bass. If you want to do this, keep working till you catch that. And then once you catch it, try to catch it different ways. And then you just, it helps give your angling purpose. That way you're going to the water with an objective and then you yeah. can get better. You know, you get better doing it. So. Some people by nature, that's an interesting topic. I, I'm, I hope that you tried to re-record that one because that's one even I'll listen to, even though yeah. It's something I've been interested in maybe trying here in Florida, but yeah. I also know it's like there's people out there that their reason for not going fishing might be feeling like, well, you're just, what are you doing? I mean, you're just wasting yeah. time. You're just, you're just burning hours on the water. They, like some people I think need that kind of like an objective approach towards anything they do in life. Yeah. Like that's just yeah. how their character type is. Whereas right. then you got people like me who just sort of meander about aimlessly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the cool thing about fishing, man. Cause like it can be relaxing where you're soaking a bobber in a worm and you don't have to think about it yeah. or it can be Kevin Van Dam hyper competitive, mm-hmm. you know, it, and that, make a lot of money. I mean, those are the people that yeah, end up yeah, making a living doing it. Those so. are the people that end up. Yeah. I mean, those, and those are the people that drive the industry as well. And then there's people like me who are just kind of riding the wave, but it's really, it's those competitive minded people that are, that are, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's just where me and that path intersected. Like I clearly wasn't going to play college sports anywhere. So it's like, all right, I need an outlet for this. Yeah. And I guess this, this will be a good segue into just, we filmed the first podcast and didn't really give any background about ourselves whatsoever. So if, if you haven't heard any other podcast of ours, um, we'll go ahead and give you a background about ourselves now. So I graduate high school. I, I've fished my entire life. My dad got me into fishing. My grandparents got me, me into fishing and always took a backseat to sports. Uh, I played baseball, football, really enjoyed it. But one, I didn't have the grades to go to college, but I also wasn't big enough, wasn't tall enough to like play offensive line in college successfully, unless I wanted to go to a small school didn't want to do that. So I ended up taking that like competitive nature that has always been in me. And I just applied it to fishing and fishing went from the back seat to the front seat. Mm-hmm. And I found the Virginia angler recognition program and the master angler list and just kind of took it from there. And it's helped me to give my fishing structure. And I've, started from zero trophy fish caught all the way up to 24 species and a state record and a world record and like got to travel to all these different states and catch alligator gar and white sturgeon goliath grouper and all this stuff and it all started from that angler recognition program that first trophy ever caught and then just just opening pandora's box and just seeing how far i could take it and it's cool man because like when you're a kid you look at like I don't know if you ever did this, but I would, we, we were issued laptops when we were in high school, our, our County gave us like Dell laptops. So the reason why I didn't go to college is I'm on the Virginia 
angling state page, like looking at, we had this thing with called your a school shack. computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a government website, so they let I'm me on. I'm studying. It. <laughs> yeah, but like we had this thing called the Shad Cam. So every spring we'd had an underwater camera at one of the dams, so you could watch like all the shads. You're watching by. fish go by when you're supposed to be listening to an oh, economics yeah. class. Yeah, I, I had a 2.0 <laughs> GPA for this reason. So, but you're watching blue cats swim by and carp and all this stuff, and then you also like you're getting on there like looking up the state record. And then you're sitting there in class like, man, I'd love to have my name in the state record list one day. And it's like, that's like, you just, yeah. you fought, you file that away. You're like, I want to do that when I get older. And then you just, yeah, get on this path and you keep walking down it. And eventually you, you catch that record fish. And then you look back and you're like, oh, damn. 17 16 17 year old me would be losing his shit right now and yeah. everything <laughs> i've been able to do so that's i don't know man that's me and that's my background um but that's just also like that's where my angling comes from it comes from that passion of a kid in high school knowing his sports career was going to come to an abrupt end and it, you didn't do well enough in college and you didn't know what you wanted to go study in college. So it's like, all right, I'm going to pick up this fishing thing and take it as far as I can take it. And I've been able to get to these levels that I've set goals for myself yeah. and I've been able to catch these record fish and do all this crazy stuff. And I don't know, it's just crazy how life works out. Like I, yeah, I got, I got into working for my dad and doing contract work. So my schedule was a little bit more flexible. And I look back at like, man, if I don't went to college and then be hung, like been hung up on that college debt. And then like, felt like I had to continue a career. Cause I went to like, just how it could have snowballed into a path where like, I just don't do any of this. So I don't know, man, it's, that's my backstory for anybody that's mm -hmm. um, listening, but I've just gotten a lot of enjoyment out of just being a multi-species angler, which yeah. is like the cool tag thing to call yourself now. But I don't know, man, I'll do it all. If there's big fish involved, I'm all for it. I don't care what the discipline is. So, but um, yeah, it just went from chasing fish and sleeping in a single cab Ford Ranger. And the only boat <laughs> I had was a kayak to like, like to where it is now. So it's just cool stuff, man. But uh, that's kind of how but, I know you as you don't want to evolve too far beyond being the guy that sleeps in his car and grinds. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like at some point you kind of lose that authenticity if you go too far beyond that. So it's like, yeah, you want to continue to evolve. But uh, I don't know. That's what I always knew you as, like the the the, the like qu the uh, quintessential like grinder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm not gonna keep going on about myself or anything, but it's funny. Grant and I were talking about these dudes that were like filming a, a fishing video for one of the film festivals, and they like rented this beat up vehicle for the video shoot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like these dude. Like as soon as you learn that, you're like, wait, this isn't the car you drive. You have like a Denali or what? I don't know what they drive, but it's like this beat up ass fishing vehicle isn't your like thing. I'm like, so I, I've been considering buying a new truck and all this. I'm like, I think that I should just settle into. This is that's my vehicle. This yeah. is what I do. Drive it till the wheels fall off. Again. Put a new motor. Yeah, yeah. Put a new motor in it. Keep <laughs> fixing it. Just that's yeah. That's that's. I don't know. The more the less money you spend on new vehicles, the more money you have for travel. So that's the way. Literally the way my entire life has been structured. So I don't know. It's just funny you mentioned that. But 
that's, well, when that's I, when I, I hear you when I hear you describe that, my first like thing that I wonder about, like <sighs> I feel like the people that are like hyper competitive like that sometimes are more likely to be the ones who settle on one fish. Like I want to be the yeah. best at something. You can't be the best at catching all the fish. Yeah. It's just yeah. too subject to debate. You can be the best bass angler, at least by yeah. the end of a year. So it's like that's what I always thought was interesting about you. Is like I know that like you and I actually we we are similar in a lot of ways, but we differ in a few interesting ways. And then yeah. I feel like you're a little bit more I don't know, you're more like there's certain objectives that you have that are mine are yeah. more gray and fuzzy. But it's like I always wonder why you had decided that like you like why was bass fishing just not good enough? Like why was I don't know whatever fishing not good enough? Why yeah. couldn't you just be like the football player in me wants like drives me to be the best? Like I would feel like the tournament scene would be more yeah. better for like somebody like that. But you just keep yeah. like you keep moving the bar. Like you keep moving your <laughs> yeah. own bar. Yeah, I, I, I like I pull the rug out from You're under. You're torturing myself. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I get mild success, I pull the chair out from under, and uh, I got to start all over. Good job, you uh, won. Yeah, keep right, going. Start, start over. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's I have a creativity streak in me that I've always had. Like mm -hmm. I've all I I did the art in high school and like all that. You know, I, it's the same reason I like editing videos and. Same reason I do any of this stuff. Like I have this creativity yeah. streak that needs to be like exercised. So I think that's just part of it. Like you get focused on one thing too long. It's like this shit, like, I don't know. You know, what's you been, kinda... uh, it, you know, what's funny that you mentioned that I want to like, I hate to just dive in when you say that, but it's funny that you mentioned that I almost like wanted to have a whole conversation about this. I have noticed just in this short journey I've been on, on, on my the podcast I'm doing now mm -hmm. with these different guests, mm -hmm. none of them have been a stranger to me so far. Yeah. The guys that I brought on have been people that I've been watching for years, mm -hmm. but I don't know anything other than the fish. Like, you know, like yeah. I was telling the last guy I was just talking to is like, we live in this like swipe, right? Like I want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. I want to see, like, I want to, like, I need gratification from you. I yeah. want to see your big fish. And now I'm like a lot of these guys that I've been, swiping right on for all these years mm -hmm. i'm finally getting to learn who they are it's been so yeah. much fun it's been like such an yeah. awesome thing but this there's like this weird common theme that i keep noticing with some of them is mm -hmm. a lot of them have that same thing they, they're artists a couple of them are musicians the last guy i talked to is a carpenter they're yeah. all people who have like a trade or a skill or like a passion that involves like creativity i'm like that's that's interesting i feel like those especially with regards to multi-species fishing the people mm -hmm. that appreciate variety it yeah. seems like have like and obviously as you know i have done my own little endeavors as mm -hmm. as it relates to art with with the yeah. uh coloring books that i've done it's but it's a weird it's it's very interesting i feel like there's something to that i think like I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know if you have the creativity and then you do the fishing or the fishing sparks creativity. I don't know which one's which. But I think as anglers that do like a, just a shotgun myriad of different things, like Andrew Bunker, for example, going from mm. long nose guard to Arctic chart at, you know, everything yeah. under the sun. I think we're subconsciously, like without even knowing it, we're downloading all of these visuals into our yeah. brain, all the places we've been, all the experiences we've had. And, and it just, it, it's the, it's what, what they, they say, um, 
act, think globally, act locally. It's the same type thing. Like you're getting yeah. out and you're seeing the world and you realize there's more to the world than just it, there's more to the fishing world than just going down yeah. to your local bass lake and trying well, to with, catch a with, five pounder as opposed to a four pounder. And, but it's same with, with like the video editing and stuff. You have yeah. all this like stuff built up and all of these visuals in your brain. And like, I know for me, like, like say when I was in Idaho, I walk up to the edge of a Canyon and I look at it and it's beautiful. But then my brain goes, if I fly that drone two yeah. foot away from that waterfall, it's going to get the craziest footage. It's just, I think we just, the way well, we express it is different, you know, like coloring books or video or yeah. writing or whatever. I think the way we, we, output that is different but the way we input it is very I, similar i think I we think do it the, subconsciously um, the eagerness to share it is the interesting thing too is because yeah. you could very easily just absorb all that for yourself and then yeah. not but i think you got an eagerness to share it much more so than just taking a picture like you i think you when you look at that you're like people need to see this as yeah. as purely and as vastly as i can possibly convey it and whether mm -hmm. you do that through videography or like you mentioned with andrew bunker while he's yeah. not a videographer, dude is a really, really solid yeah. writer. If you take a little bit of time to read his uh yeah. the written word, like his his ability to like describe things is is it's a, that's a picture. A, that yeah. is a really tough skill to write something so vividly that the person reading it feels like they're there. It's like yeah. that's a hard thing. And he's he's good at that and he's a good photographer. So like that's yeah. his artistic thing. And I know there's been other guys yeah. like they're good, like they're good, like artists, as in like pen, paper, painting. Mm -hmm. There's writing. There's videography is an expression of art. Photography is an expression yeah. of art. Musicians, uh, Dave Hurley, who I just had on, well, that one's coming yet to be released. Uh, right. Big time musician, big time into like music. It's not a talent right. that I have, but I can certainly appreciate it. Yeah, it seems like that's a common thing with a lot of the multi species guys I've talked to. Is like. They're all musicians. They're writers. Yeah. They're photographers. They're videographers. They're musicians. Right. Pretty cool. Like I, said, I, like I said, I don't know if you have that in you, and that's why you become a multi-species fisherman, or you do all these things, and then you become, you know, I don't know. Well, that's what think causes... it's the nature side of it. If you're an artistic person, or you appreciate details, or like beauty and things, yeah. you're gonna gravitate yeah. towards nature. And I think it's like I, yeah. if you ask. Did the chicken come before the egg or whatever? I feel like there's inherent characteristics people are born with. Because you'll see yeah. these kids. <clears throat> you'll see kids that naturally, like if you put them out on a playground, they'll be the mm -hmm. one that's off on his own kicking rocks. They'll be yeah. the one that's off competing and wanting to play sports. They'll be the one that's off yeah. building, like building a fort. It's yeah. like I I swear like you'll see kids that are like way way ahead of their time that naturally gravitate like this was never me for instance but like uh like my uncle and the stories that my mom mm -hmm. tells me he's like this big time engineer now but they yeah it I was told right. when he was young no one else in the family no one else in the family is an engineer a builder or a creative person for whatever reason mm -hmm. he alone was like isolated and apparently it was from the day that he could start grabbing things he was very much yeah. into taking things apart putting them back together. It I yeah. feel like there's an inherent characteristic and in like I don't know, we could I, I don't want to venture too off topic, but I feel like and then like let's say you're a parent, like me, I have kids. Mm -hmm. So I every day I get to kind of watch like what their natural characteristics are. And it's like, okay, yeah. she's really into nature. I need to like cultivate and facilitate that. She's mm -hmm. very much into 
art. I need to like that's her thing. I gotta yeah. push her push her towards that. Yeah, but, for sure. Kind of interesting. There, there is there is some upbringing that plays into all of this for sure. Yeah. Like you have to have opportunity to like. Yeah, like absolutely. My there was a five year age gap above me and below me in children in my family. Like mm-hmm. I had cousins that are older and then the next below me is my younger brother's five years younger so i spent a lot of like those childhood years pretty like just hanging out on my own like going fishing the farm ponds by myself like just doing in i think you kind of sort of touched on some of that with the last episode in the boat and like you just go off on your own and you do that and like i do that now as an adult like i'm zero problem loading my stuff up and like yeah. driving solo to the middle of nowhere and harley who we mentioned at the beginning of this she's like aren't you like i don't want you to be by yourself aren't you like lonely like the, mm-hmm. i can't wait to get away from everybody yeah no then, you know then you got other fishermen that like they're not like that so they kind of like take it personal like why yeah. don't you ever fish with anybody it's like dude it's just a different thing like you pair that sort of thing with like the goal oriented thing and like i am solo flying 99 percent of the time yeah i don't know it's i don't just... know i feel like when the interest is expressed at the young age somebody's gotta afford yeah. the opportunity so like to your point the same thing with me the interest was naturally there in animals and wildlife but my older brother's afforded me the opportunity to kind of express that more by letting me, like yeah. I mentioned in the last episode, hop on the back of their bike and yeah. taking me and giving me the opportunity. Same with my parents. The interest was there to like be in nature. They yeah. they had no qualms about saying, okay, well, we'll go drop you off out here in the middle of absolutely nowhere and we'll be yeah. back in five hours. Some parents may not do that. If you said, yeah. I'm interested Especially in going now. and catching venomous snakes. Yeah. A lot of parents might be like, that ain't happening. And here's all the dangers. That's Satan. And, and it's, like, it's, yeah. it's just like the opportunity the, wasn't given to them. To, to, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned that like the whitewater people, people, we have whitewater running right through the middle of downtown Richmond. And like when the river gets high, all the whitewater people go out and like then the news reports on it, like it's some brand new thing that's never happened before. You have all the people, they should be arrested. They need, they're <laughs> put, they're putting uh, uh, first responders in danger. And it's, if you click <laughs> on their profile, it's very clear that these people uh, are just inside people. Never I'm, I'm always a comment section browser. Yeah. I, it's an yeah, unhealthy yeah. habit. It's a bad yeah. place to go. Stay yeah. out of the comments. But <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. anytime I see a topic that I know is going to be subject yeah. to that kind of a uh, I don't know debate, I go straight yeah. to the comments. I'm like, yeah. let me look for the first hater, click on them, and see yeah. if they look as stu- it's, it's just like when you're driving in your car and the person yeah. behind you is driving like a like a jackass. Yeah, I like to let them pass so I can look to yeah. see if they look as stupid as they drive. Yeah, let me look that, how that- dumb this person looks. That's the funny thing, man. It's funny you mention that because it's literally like the yes. people that have problems with like living outside of your comfort zone. They're always those people that are coddled and then they make their children coddled and then so on and so forth. And you have a bloodline that's never oh, done anything uh, cool. Sad. Yeah. Anyway, well, b- let's not get on that. Why don't you expand on? I, I already 
spewed my whole story. So what do do expand on your childhood and then up to basically where we are now. Sure. For- I know I touched it a little bit on the last episode. I do not like talking about myself. I don't know why. Maybe I should like I gotta maybe I should like, out of you. Maybe I need to conflate my story and make it sound more badass. Yeah, you just spoiler alert, it. folks. <laughs> yeah. It ain't that great. Like it's, uh, uh, it's pretty normal. Um well, maybe uh, I sell myself short. I think you I've sell done, yourself short. I've done you some short. I've done some cool things. My existence was very much one of I of like sort of like you said, isolation. Mm-hmm. And I think that that allows creativity to flow. If you're yeah. if you're not suppressed by groups, group thought. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Group thought. Will, uh, group thought is a good to a point to where you can hear different perspectives, but it's bad to a point that it can. Uh, wall in your own creativity if you feel yeah. like you need to be part of that group. It might make you change what you want to do. But me, because we moved so often, I look at that as like a great thing of my childhood. It's like good yeah. and bad. We moved a lot. Like We just grew up moving all the time. Always like every three to four years, moving, moving, moving. So it, it prevented me from making like lifelong friends. I made good mm-hmm. friends, but it's like you go through those cycles of being the new guy. Being the new guy sucks, especially <laughs> yeah. when you're an introvert and you're like scared to talk. I know it doesn't sound yeah. like I, I rattle off like this. Man, you put yeah. me into a, a groups because you're another angler. Yeah. You put me in front of people that I don't have much in common with. I just have a really hard time in like yeah. bridging that gap. So every time we got moved and they were like vast moves, like we go from South Carolina to Texas, like halfway across the country. <laughs> what was and the I, deal with that? Is it like work or something? My dad's. Yeah, my dad. Well, I'll just say this. My dad is a problem solver. <laughs> okay. And he solved problems at home quickly <laughs> and efficiently. Okay. We got out of line. We got right. in line quickly. Discipline, sure. And so his career was such that um, if there was a plant or there was a location that uh, uh-huh. had uh, some structural and organizational changes that need to happen. I see, right. He was a uh, change agent. He'd be sent there and yeah. basically fix the problem. So okay, let your I mind you. wonder. But but um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would just say this. I don't think if he, he's probably laughing because he's like, that ain't true. But right. what I know of the job that he did and now being in a career where those people might come to my location, mm-hmm. you don't want them coming. Right. Um, but anyway, change agent. So it's a he, lot he of big... bring, he's a culture change. He, he's it, big time change. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, sometimes that also meant getting moved to horrible places like Borger, Texas, up in the panhandle <laughs> oil yeah. country. Dude, oh. I drove through that. There's nothing out there. If you're, if there's anywhere in the country you're gonna yeah. get abducted by an alien, it is the Texas Panhandle at night. It is dark, God. man. It's crazy. Talk about anyway. man. It's just a social setting from hell too. And it was just like, you know, so I get thrown there. Like, oh, you talk funny. You got a weird. <laughs> you're weird. I'm like, this right. sucks. I hate people. Yeah. I'm like, so it's like, you know, I very much was like, like all to me and myself, and just. It was my thing that I wanted to go out and explore nature. So on the flip side, it was good because every time we moved, it was like, awesome. I got a whole new place to explore. So like in Borger, Texas, even though I didn't like going to like school and making friends, I did enjoy hopping my fence. And like we lived on a prairie. It was just like that's all Borger is. It was just like vast. It looked like if a nuclear bomb went off. It's like what the it was like what the landscape would look like. 20 years later. It was just this yeah. desolate landscape, but it was like, there was rattlesnakes everywhere. There was prairie dogs. I was trying to trap them. We'd catch it's those like horn- fishermen though. 
Yeah, well, I didn't fish at that point in time. That wasn't yeah. even on oh, the radar okay. yet. But it was okay. like I go out and catch like the snakes and the yeah. Yeah, uh, my big thing there was flipping cow shit. I was at the brightest part of my weekend was taking a stick and going out. I'd go out into the pasture with a stick and flip cow turds because yeah. like the dried up ones. You got to think yeah. out there though. There's no shade. Right. There's no moisture. There's, right. there's no escape from the, the intense heat out there. So all the animals, especially like reptiles, yeah. if they wanted moisture and they wanted shade, they nestle up underneath the dry cow shit because that was the only moisture. So I'd go out there. <laughs> and I take six and I, I just go, I just go cow shit flipping <laughs> because there's a fair chance there might be something interesting under there. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine what, if you never moved. What'd you do this weekend? Like, uh, mm-hmm, uh, that's me. But uh, so anyway, I just loved being outside. And the fact that my parents let me go do that, like the stuff that I would drag home by the tail. Like I caught wild rabbits with my bare hands when I was like nine years old. I was just bringing crap home and I loved it. And um, so anyway, then, then, you know, it never had time to get old because we'd move and be a whole new thing. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, ultimately my brothers got into fishing and I was just this wild child, like wild, crazy outdoor kid that like, you know, You gotta think if it was in my DNA to go flipping cow shit and have a fun with it. Yeah, I know it was. E- I was pretty easily entertained out outside. Um, so when I got thrust into environments that were more dynamic, where there's a stream and there's a swamp and there's a pond and there's yeah. things to explore and there's a railroad track and I could wait on trains to come by and throw rocks at it, like <laughs> it was an awesome time. Right. I loved it. And so my brothers, though, my brothers got into fit. My dad fished, right. um, but it was like. You know, it was like, you know, normal fishing. We go to ponds and go bass fishing. Yeah. And like I expanded on last time, it was like when we, when they started fishing, they were just my vehicle to go like expand my reaches beyond what's in my garden, what's in the backyard, right. what's over the fence, what's two streets down. It's like, as I got mm-hmm. older and my range was expanding, I could use my brothers as a vehicle to go to these places. And then. At yeah. some point in time, you know, they in, they encouraged me to actually use the fishing rod. Yeah. I like to tell this story. This is one of my favorite fishing stories. My brother, Matt, will love this one because I've told it. It's like our ageless classic story that we always talk about because right. he loves to take credit. Like, I am the one that got you. I taught you how to fish. Right. Our first ever real experience fishing together was pure hell for me my my brother matt used to beat my ass he was the worst (laughs) big brother imaginable he was pure (laughs) hell to be under the same roof with like he would send me to my room he'd go to your room and i was like too little and pathetic to fight i couldn't fight back i couldn't tell him no because the alternative was get beat up something yeah you suck and and then i'd go to my room because he sent me there and anyway he took me fishing in some neighborhood and when we were living in Oklahoma, I was like, I don't know how old I was, nine around right. there. There was like these rich people's neighborhood and we would sneak in there because they were loaded with fish. Right. So we went out there. He's like, he like demanded that I come fishing with him. And I think in his mind, he was doing the big brotherly thing, like taking the little one, teaching him how to fish. But like, right. he, he didn't have his patience down. Like he didn't, he was not prepared to be an right. instructional figure for fishing. Sure. But anyway, so as luck would have it, we're fishing and he ain't catching shit. I don't right. even know what I'm doing. I'm like casting and hooking my own underwear, and like pulling <laughs> right. on like dumb stuff. I didn't know what I was doing, but I kept catching fish 
over and over and over. I was just ripping them left and right. I would like cast and it would be bomb off to the wrong direction. I'd be looking this way and like the bait would be behind me and I'd still hook them. Yeah. I was just catching fish. Like it was like the ultimate beginner's luck. Have you ever taken a new person fishing and they just yeah. have this magical ability to catch fish? Harley. That literally was me. Went, went shad fishing in front of this giant group of people. I'm showing her how to do everything, catching them left and right. Yeah. I can't catch shit. It's just, I mean, that happens all the time. I was on yeah. fire this yeah. day, and yeah. my brother was not cheering me on. His right. response to my success was extreme jealousy and anger. Right. He was so right angry that he couldn't catch one that he literally punished me, and he first thing he tried was give me that damn rod and he switched <laughs> rods and he started fishing still couldn't catch anything first cast with his rig bam yeah. like, Come on! Right. so then he gets pissed off and takes both rods and doesn't let me fish right like i could have very easily just decided like that could have been my sucks. that could have been my moment to decide fishing sucks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but oh maybe gosh. i guess i realized hey maybe this is something i might be good at Hey. But I love to tell him that. I love to remind him that story. I'm like, he's like, I taught you how to fish. I was like, my first experience fishing with you was the worst experience ever. Could have traumatized you for coach life. Of all time. That's so funny. <laughs> he man. was mad that I was catching them, and he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about uh, right. That's a brother thing to do. I don't for really sure. know where to go from there. The rest was just sort of, you know, a momentum of. Yeah. A building of that so it's like i just began you know as you get older and mature i still love like wildlife that's why mm -hmm. a big part of the reason why i go fishing it's still to a point it's a reason for me to go outside yeah but i don't know dude it's like i get into I, these I, like stressful uh sometimes stressful jobs monotonous jobs or high stress like in law enforcement or what i do now in manufacturing it's like monotonous or stressful yeah. so it's like i need like a, a I need something to reset me and rebalance me and like engage yeah. my conscience. Like that side of me needs yeah. to be spoken to, or I will go insane. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I can relate to that because you have that balance with fishing. Like your, your life's really stressful and fishing kind of eases you yeah. off. And being a painting contractor every day of my life is incredibly yeah. we, we've boring. We've had those conversations. I know you vented to <laughs> it, me, and I'm like, it's like this don't worry, bro. Sucks. You'll be all right. Yeah, but it's like incredibly boring. It's like, okay, I need to go do something cool so I don't jump off this bridge. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's why we've finally, I mean, we've talked about it for years, like finally started the website and the podcast and like, the brand overall i know you have your boundless pursuit stuff you're doing mm -hmm. have rods will travel we're kind of doing it in tandem and then the show that we've been filming it's all born out of us not wanting to get stuck in these jobs that we like you know yeah there well, i i don't want to make it sound totally self-serving like while it sure. is an opportunity to potential you know yeah. if, if with a little bit of faith Maybe right, there'll be sure. a monetary benefit, but a lot of it sure. too, it comes from, it, I mean, I think it stems and I think I speak for both of us. It stems from a genuine place of like, I, it's something that I love so much, Yeah. but like, I really am eager to share it because we're not like, we're doing a kind of fishing. A lot of the times you and I are doing a fishing, yeah. especially my history anyway, being that I've, I've kind of gravitated towards the lesser mm -hmm. promoted fish. Yeah. When you do that kind of fishing for like rough fish or other species, it you you almost start to feel like you have a cause. 
Yeah. Like yeah. if I'm fishing for bass, I don't necessarily have a cause because everybody loves them. But it's like it, it's kind of a, I don't know. It's an added layer to it that makes it more dynamic and interesting to me that feel like I'm doing something that like there's an opportunity to like change perspective or to like that, promote right. something that needs to like to grow something. So yeah. then there comes. All right. Well, I've been sort of well, people might laugh. This. I've been I've. I express myself better through words, like written words. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to write about what I like to do. I want to share what I do. Yeah. And I'm while I'm pretty good with writing and and I'm okay with other things. Um yeah. the videography in teaming up with you, you're you're shouldering that natural artistic ability that you've developed to share information through more visual right. things. So I think um what we're building is pretty has the potential to be something pretty special. Yeah, I think you make a good point. It's not none of this is coming from a monetary standpoint. We're coming from the standpoint of, you know, we work these jobs that, you know, we've worked them our whole lives. But I, I I'm sure you'll relate to this in some capacity. I feel like I have been put on this planet to promote those fish and like open people up to this world that I've enjoyed so much. I don't think I've been put on this planet to be a house painter. painter you know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like we've started this entire brand to try to like dedicate as much, at least I have, I, I don't want to speak for you, but from where I'm at with my, my like day job and like my two sides of my life that I constantly try to balance, like, Every time I go to work to like paint somebody's house, I'm like, this isn't like, I don't feel it. Like my heart's not in it. You know what I mean? Like my heart's in going and catching these crazy fish and like showing them to the world and like promoting the alligator gar, the white surgeon, like being able to use my personality and like my knowledge and, and promote this fish species to the world. And I want to do that as much as possible I feel like I've been put here to do that, not be a house painter. You can give me a million bucks. I'm going to spend spend a million bucks on fishing. It's just the way it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> money is nothing to me other than a means to an end. I, you have a family and like a bunch of other stuff that you were responsible for, but it's literally just me and Harley and like, yeah. I don't have offspring. I have to make sure don't die. So like, from my standpoint, if you give me, well. X amount of dollars. I'm going to spend X amount of dollars on like doing this passion. So, I, I imagine sometimes when I have looked at the photos that you've sent me of you looking like mm-hmm. you're just pure hell painting somebody's hot ass garage. Yeah. Yeah. Creative juices are probably flowing yeah. very strongly in that moment because if you're super duper comfortable, <clears throat> I don't know, monetarily or lifestyle or with a career that's very comfortable and just easy to like. It's like laying in a cozy bed. What reason do you have to get up? Right. I imagine if there's any, if you're making lemonade here out of lemons. Yeah. The painting thing and the moments that suck have probably driven the, like the creative juices more than anything else, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. And it's, I mean, not to bring it down or anything, but like it was a family business. My dad got me into it. Like I've worked for him for the past 12 years, 10 years, however long I've done it. He recently passed away. And now I'm like looking at myself in the mirror, like, okay, if you're not going to do this now, like, when are you going to do it? 
You mm. know what I mean? And that's, I'm trying to find as much silver lining in that situation as I can, which there's not a lot because, you know, he's the one that got me started with the painting and the fishing. So it was a big hit personally. But like, I look at what happened. It's like, okay, he would want you to do this. Like, if you're not going to do it now and like, you're not going to use this as a catalyst to jump off the cliff and like put a hundred percent effort into this, when are you going to do it? You know yeah. what I mean? And that that's kind of like, that's where I am lately with it. That's why I've been hyper fixated on like driving the ball forward and like getting the website going, doing these podcasts, getting the, the show filmed, going and catching these fish. It's like, okay, he would want me to do this there's no reason for me to continue being a house painter. Cause the, the, you know, the, the reason why I was doing yeah. it's no longer here. So it's like, get this shit going. So that's just where I'm at with it. But it's an interesting thing. You always have to find the perfect balance of like setting things in motion and yeah. letting them develop organically, but also yeah. not being that lackadaisical that you need to say, Hey, by this date, we need to accomplish this. It's like, yeah, if you do that too much, though, you create like stressors that create anxiety mm -hmm. and make it a not so fun process. So it's like you don't want to be too loose with it and say, oh, let's just put it out there and yeah. let it become what it does. But you also don't want to say it has to be this by this date and by that date. Otherwise, you're kind of like forgetting the point. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's why the two of us, I feel like, kind of complement each other in that regard. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I mean, that that's just I don't know. I, I'm using that as like the catalyst to like, like yeah. you said, I, I had a comfortable life where I started painting and I blink my eyes and 10 years later, I'm still doing it. It's like, I don't, this isn't what I had in mind. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, now, now it's like you try to do And that's the same reason why, like I've stressed about all the little details with like the podcast and like the website, we need this for the web. Like I want everything to look good and be good. And like, I, I want this to be a premier thing. Like I want this to be a brand, like, you know, unit and in fisherman or whatever, like a bar stool sports, this big name, like we have cultivated just within the past, you know, couple months that we've been doing this we've cultivated some really good talent like yeah I, a lot of the guys are my friends in general so it's like you know but because i'm in the game i'm in and you're in the game you're in like the friends we have are really good fishermen so it's like okay then you look at guys like you know a kevin whitley or a casey reed or or, or pat uh, you know grant it, you any of us like I feel like certain people are being overlooked in the fishing world. And it's like, you know, Kevin has done all this crazy cool stuff and, and, and same with all the rest of the guys we have. And it's like, I want to do whatever I can do to put those guys on because those guys, they're not the YouTube. What's up guy. Like they're not those yeah. dudes that are like, it's kind of corny and like, they're not really catching anything. These dudes have been for years going out there and catching these big fish. And like, it's kind of the tide comes in and all boats rise. I want that to happen. I want to put these guys on just as much as I want us to be successful. I want these other guys to be su successful too, because they deserve it. They've done cool stuff that the world needs to see. So yeah, br bringing them on and like having, these different personalities and these different like takes on fishing, like catching giant red drum out of a kayak and like doing all this wild and crazy stuff. 
in the early 2000s when it wasn't even a thing yet. Yeah. And like, I mean, Kevin. I remember you showing me that kayak Kevin guy stuff a long time ago. He's what? Dude, he, I got to <laughs> yeah. have him on our podcast sometime because he is the most unique individual I think I've ever met. And I, I literally, these podcasts are turning into like a, a, a Kevin praise hour like lately, <laughs> but, but legitimately, dude, like he was a, a, a Marine that like does yoga and has paddled from Florida to Virginia multiple times. And then like, that's awesome. Like kayak fishes the, where we were fishing the red drum this yeah. spring when you came up here and all that, the, the shoals, like the super dangerous water that we didn't want to get into. They were paddling kayaks into that anchoring up and catching reds in that. Like just <laughs> it, this dude took out like a $10,000 loan and bought a bunch of camera equipment and like filmed all this stuff and made DVDs. Like he was pre YouTube. So like if he did that stuff in like 2012 or 2014, when it exploded, the dude would not be working a day job. Like there's, there's all these guys that, are really good fishermen like, like what we've been talking about just now they're amazing fishermen and they're doing they're doing this other thing like they're they're they have a landscaping company or they're they're doing either driving for ups they're working a factory they're a painter but they they're amazing fishermen and like they have all these unique perspectives and all this stuff to give the world from an entertainment standpoint a knowledge standpoint like there's there's so much just character in these guys like i want the world to see that so and you know if if it blows up and they still want to work for ups or will still want to work a factory job by all means but i want to I want that to be an option for these dudes that because they deserve it so much. And that's just where that's in my heart producing this stuff. That's where it's coming from. Like I want the world to see these badass dudes that have gotten very good at their craft. And, you know, some of them I know more than others, like, uh, uh ellis i i don't know ellis that well like i kind of just met him but you've talked to him a bunch and, and same with pat i don't but you can see their passion it comes ellis is through. a really interesting one that episode for for my podcast hadn't come out yet but i know right. i've kind of gone the direction of like super wild and crazy awesome catches from some of these guys mm -hmm. people who've done crazy traveling and caught these giant mega fish now his story is not as much that way but Dude, I want to tell you, like, that was probably one of my favorite conversations I've had yeah. so far. And this is, yeah, he's a guy who has 300 followers on Instagram. It didn't well, matter. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, he's just getting started. Too, when I was the talking to him, I'm like, when day. I was talking to him, I'm like, I could fish with this dude. He's like, just yeah. relaxed. He's chill. Yeah. He was a cool, just good dude. And like, I mean, yeah. and I'm not going to give like spoilers, but I mean, he's a Georgia right. boy that's been out fishing way out west. Just goes out there just alone. Yeah. On these massive, like <laughs> I mean, long I, hikes. Like, I, I think that that resonates with all of us, you know? I mean, it yeah. resonates with you and me just packing up all your crap and just driving to Texas solo to go float a river yeah. for days, you know? And same with Steve out in Idaho. This dude's catching eight foot sturgeon from the kayak just like no big deal it's like dude i got a, i had a phone conversation with another Steve guy with a create day. like a creative edge too another guy with yeah. a skill to build and make yeah he's making rod boxes like your your you know your big name 
clamshell style like fishing rod boxes for like your car or trailers and stuff. He's like this incredible metal fabricator, and mm-hmm. he's like starting this business up to like do that. Like I yeah. want to facilitate cool. the success with that. But I got on, I got on with Steve the other day, and I, like I got on to him like, dude, you need to be fishing more. You, you're catching eight foot sturgeon out of a cat. Like you need to be doing this. What are you doing? Like go fish more, Steve. And it's just you know these do they just everybody because I think because we are so isolated and we're not social butterflies in the fishing world. You know, we're not these dudes out like yucking it up and fishing with 15 people in a week and all that because we're kind of solo dudes. The guys we do attach to resonate with us mm-hmm. and like they are super creative and they they're they're heavy hitters, man. These yeah. each dude like Casey with his tournament angling and all this stuff, man, they all bring their own unique like like power to the table and they have so much to give the angling world and there's great cool guys so uh, that's just the whole well, that's kind of the 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 whole reason for the website and all the stuff to, to give those guys a platform yeah and so. i'm glad that you're mentioning that a big motivation behind well i don't i feel like a motivation driver you know my history <clears throat> in the last two years mm-hmm. i got to a point where i really wanted to like reach out to some of these more established media outlets yeah and i had a period where you know i mean i really enjoy writing and i feel like i write about some types of fishing in a market Mm -hmm. that hasn't been captured yet that's waiting to burst onto the scene and so you know my frustrations i went through a period where i was reaching out to so many magazines so many like companies like offering like i i will give you content on these things yeah, and let's say I say um, I, I'd love to write a piece on hookless nylon rope lures for long nose gar. It's you yeah. know, something like that, and I couldn't believe how many times the idea gets shot down. Yeah, or you know, it's like, nah, we're not looking to do that right now. No, we don't want to do that. I, I understand that if you if you have a voice like you're trying to stay consistent with your brand, I I get that to mm-hmm. a point, but it's like this sheer like institutional unwillingness. By a lot of these brands to expand yeah. out beyond and and do yeah. something that's, I don't know, uh, it's just archaic. Different, they, they, yeah. They don't know. They the tide is turning on all that. There's <sighs> way more guys interested in fishing for bowfin and gar and stuff than there's ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, the the tide's turning. There's they're no longer trash fish. Throw them on the bank first. Yeah. You know sport fish second yeah. like that that it's shifting and they just don't see that yet you know yeah. how many jerkbait bass fishing articles are you going to write for your website how many trolling for walleye how many jigging for perch like you know and that, that's I, just i the think thing, there's dude. just it, there's gotta be an effort to do something different like yeah you know, people want to see something different at least every now and then but uh and then as you know i went through a period that process i went through yeah. straight up a hiring process, like through the stages of yeah. interview and, and everything with a, a, I'll just say a major publication mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. It was, I was, I'm grateful for the opportunity to even have gotten as far as I did. Yeah. And then, you know, you can't help but to look and be like, all right, well, I didn't get it. So who did? Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's a young, communi- a young, essentially a kid. Communications degree communications degree 
or no creative writing degree, zero fishing experience. And but I don't let's write wanna, about fishing. I don't want to. I do that, and then I, I run the risk of sounding like I. I think it is awesome. I will yeah. say this: I'm very happy for that. Like I'm very happy when a young man enters into the like into the job market and lands yeah. their dream job. Yeah, it's great. My thing is, I have a great career to fall back on that's making me a lot of money. But I'm just like, yeah. you know, you look at that and it's like, is there an avenue for me if that's gonna if 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 that's gonna yeah if we're looking to do that and we're valuing I don't know. A, well, that that's kind of what I'm getting at, like you don't even get a foot in the door because you don't have that create like they don't they look yeah. they they and, weigh, and I don't want to say it's because yeah you don't yeah, have I, that he he may have had something I'm just you I look at that and you you wonder this is this is purely me speaking you it, from my perspective seeing that type of situation not saying this is what happened with you or anything but seeing that it seems like simply having that creative writing degree is weight like carries more weight than 25 years of fishing experience and a website it literally like examples of your writing for the past decade like it does it just like come on man like okay cool you have a degree but there's literally proof of doing it and you have all the knowledge to back it up you know so it's like i i've had this I've, i've been saying this mantra which I don't know if I've said it around you, but I've been saying it to myself. Like we we've run into the situation a couple times where like you think you're going to have some help and you just don't, you know, no big deal. Like you think you have inside scoops and like somebody's going to extend the olive branch and you're going to, you're going to be maybe you maybe have a foot in the door, but you don't, you think you do. You don't. If, nobody's going to open that front door for you. If nobody's going to open the door, build your own house. You know what I mean? And that's kind of been how mm-hmm. I've been approaching all this. If they won't let us in the door, we're going to build our own house. You don't want to have us on your like thing. Like what more proof do you need that we have yeah. the experience and we can, we ha- we can do <laughs> these things. If you're not going to let us in to the club, then we're just going to do our own thing. And then, We'll see what happens five years from now. I think that the reality of that situation that I was just talking about is not yeah. like when I think realistically about it and I ponder about it, it's good to be smart about it because otherwise you can yeah. get bitter and that's not a good place. To, it's not a good mind. It's not a good yeah. place to be mentally. But I, when I think of the reality of what would have happened if, let's say, I did get the position. Right. To think that I would have had like featured columns about Alligator Gar and Bofin yeah. is, is pretty naive. The reality of the position would have been very much uh, the proverbial carrying of bags. Yeah. It would have been uh, saying, listen, that's cool that you do all that, but hey, we ain't talking about that. You're going to write about this, that, and the other. Cookie cutter content. This is Mm -hmm. exactly the layout of what you're going to say is going to be. You're going to fit our brand. And I I feel like as somebody who's creative and wants to do something different, I maybe would have ended up in a position where I'd been quite let down and frustrated by it. So yeah. probably yeah. for the best because what Absolutely. we're doing now, I think it's like, well, at least it's like I can jump in here and I can, I can write about what I want to and bringing yeah. in other people who want to do that. It's, it's not, well, for it's sure more fun. It's like, it's, I don't know. You take more pride in something that you're developing. So you, your, your destiny is in your hands at that point. 
And that, that's the thing, dude. Like, I'm not, I don't get bitter. I bitch a lot, but I don't get, I don't get bitter. <laughs> I just use that as motivation. You know what I mean? Like, I, my entire life, no matter what it's been, life, sports, fishing, anything. This is just my mindset in general. I'm always going to bet on myself and I'm always going to be successful and I'm always going to prove you wrong. Like, that's just, it's been, that's just how I've always been. You're not, you're not going to catch a state record. All right. Well, I'm going to fixate on that. You're not going to catch more, you know, just these stupid, dumb things that people say. You're like, all right, well, now I'm going to fixate my entire life on this and I'm going to make sure I do that. Like, same deal. I, I can see the relationships that, have been had through the years and then just like those dissolving and you can kind of read between the lines and like what's happening. It's like, all right, that's fine. Like if that's how things are going to be, then we're going to ramp this thing up. I'm going to put all the chips on the table, push them into my corner. Like we're going for this. I'm always going to bet on myself and I'm always going to prove people wrong. And, and that's just how I am. So starting this whole thing is like, it's born out of, People want more colorful fishing content. We want to put these fish on a pedestal, these alligator gar, you know, these crazy like fish species that don't get talked about enough. These guys that have something to offer to the fishing world that maybe have slipped through the cracks over the years or just haven't gotten their comeuppance yet. We're going to combine all that and, and build our own thing. And that's just kind of where I'm at with it. And, you know, however it sounds is how it sounds. But there, it's it's born out of passion for fishing. And it's born out of the love I have for these dudes that I, I mean, you put enough time and you can clearly see what it takes to be successful. I want to make those guys successful. I want to make people love alligator gar not just shoot them with an arrow and throw them on the bank you know what i mean so it's all it's all it comes from a good place it's just sometimes you need that like that jab to really get you motivated you need that that critical moment of like all right then we're gonna do this like that's how it's gonna be we're gonna do this so you know that's that's just you know and they're they're doing us a favor because like you said we're it's we're doing our own thing because of all this stuff so there's no bitterness there there's no hard feelings or anything it's just like yeah give us the motivation we need to to really run it up so right it's just where it comes from i mean the have rods will travel website is now launched i mean at the time that we're talking about this it's there and it but all the puzzle pieces aren't quite there but i think it's already a pretty dynamic thing between the various voices through writing the different podcasts The, pers- the, p- the personalities involved in it, but the real breadwinner <clears throat> and the topic that I know people are going to be asking because people who yeah. followed it long enough, there's plenty of people who don't even know what we're talking about. Maybe they're interested, <laughs> yeah. but there's also people who who do know that you yeah. and I have been working on the video project. The mm-hmm. I don't know even how many episodes we want to go with this thing, but the multi-episode I mean, series that we're working on because you yeah. know we've got the writing. We've got the audio, but the thing that everybody's going to want to see and, mm-hmm. and, and the people who don't know what's coming, I mean, I'm talking about the visual experience and I think what we've captured on film is going to yeah. be really, really, I'm so excited to get that thing going, but it's like all things like this need the proper amount of time put into yeah. them. So 
if you have no idea what we're talking about, I'll give you the background. So we have the Have Rods Will Travel website. It has all the articles, some videos, all, all that stuff. That's kind of a hub, more or less, for everything. Um, so check that out. We have all the individual podcasts we're doing. should be four of them. Um, and those are on Spotify and all the places you get podcasts and YouTube, HRWT Studios, a lot of good stuff there. But the kind of like linchpin to all this thing, all of this was born out of the Have Rods Will Travel, like quote unquote TV show that we're working on. And um, we've started filming everything in 2021, September of 2021. I had this giant pie in the sky that we're going to get like a dozen episodes filmed and like quickly yeah. realize that's not going to happen. One year. Yeah, I was the detractor that was like, that ain't happening. Ain't uh, no well, way we're getting that done in one year. Definitely <laughs> more realistic from that standpoint. I just, I get like just charged Sorry. up and ready to do it. I'm like, we're just going to film it. You yeah, know, but um, essentially what it is, is, um, It's going to be a multi-episode deal. It's going to be seasonal, so there's going to be seasons to it. It's going to be episodic, so it's going to be multiple episodes. And uh, the like, kind of main goal is to get on Amazon Prime Video. And the whole reason for that is they have kind of a creator's thing the same way that YouTube does, except it's just like it's like one level up from YouTube. So. You know, we filmed all this stuff. I could easily edit it all and throw it on YouTube, but then it kind of gets like lost in the wash of just all like, I mean, there's a thousand fishing YouTube videos uploaded in a day. So this is kind of the idea behind it is there's a little bit deeper of a vetting process trying to go to like an Amazon prime. So you have to have your like P's and Q's. Everything's got to be buttoned up, ready to go. So like, I can't just edit one and like, put it out. I have to have them all edited packaged. You send it to them. They sort of vet it, give you feedback on like, you know, what needs to happen. So it, you know, fits or it it works well. And then it gets put on their streaming platform. So our game plan right now, I think is to get six episodes. I think that's a lot more realistic. We have five films so far. So we have, uh, uh, alligator gar, which we have multiple big alligator gar on, on film, uh, we have white sturgeon, which we have giant white sturgeon on film. Super cool. Goliath grouper. Uh, we got catching them from the beach. That's awesome. Um, uh, smallmouth buffalo and carp with Austin Anderson down in Texas. Literally captured one of the biggest smallmouth buffalo ever to be caught on film in that yeah. episode. So it's just crazy. And uh snakehead. So we kind of have a dual snakehead thing. We filmed with Grant Alvis, our buddy up here in Virginia. And then we filmed for bullseyes in Florida. And it's kind of like a contrasting episode. So like half is one half is the other. And it's just, we've put a lot of work into it. And I know we've been kind of talking about it for like a year and a half now, but you know, we're all funding this out of pocket. All the plane tickets are coming out of pocket. All the gears coming out of pocket. And, you know, we still have day jobs. So it's like lining up the schedules and, yeah. and doing all that. And then, you know, like you've flown up here twice in trying to get an episode filmed. And we really had like we tried to do red drum. You know how it is. Fly up here. It's windy. Well, we're screwed. Yeah. Uh, tried to do, I think, catfish that that we literally had one of the worst storms ever last year with that that had to get rescheduled so there is some like 
difficulty because we have day jobs and we're still working. We're just two regular ass dudes. It's hard to do that. And, you know, we're doing it all on our own dime. We don't have sponsors yet, but I'm also doing all the editing, all the voiceover, like, you know, we're not like doing it all and then throwing it to a production house. Like everything's all the fish are caught in house, all the stuff's filmed by us. You know, it's all a self-produced deal. But the idea is we get season one done. We get it up there. We have that proof of concept. We show the world, hey, look at this cool stuff we can do. And we show companies, look at this cool stuff we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you team up with us and if you help us produce season two and so on and so forth, all that money is going to do is allow us to carry that, you know, concept that much further we're gonna do cooler stuff we're gonna do the south america the england the wells cats all you know what we need is funding to help facilitate making this the next big fishing show because we have the the eye for it from a filming standpoint we have the the talent for catching the fish and doing the whole steve Irwin thing where you like show the world the, yeah. the, the individual species so we have all of the good stuff it's just it takes a long time when you're trying to do everything yourself. So it's I was just surprised kind of, by like how like successful at least the first few episodes were. It was like, oh my gosh, we can't miss. Yeah, like we went we went after alligator. Go, oh, I mean that one started rough. That's the kind of yeah. the good thing is like it started rough. Um, which I mean, it's, people will be interested in what we had to come through to make that one yeah, happen. That, but at the end, it's definitely of all a tale the of adversity. Sure. Yeah, at the end of all the challenge, there's multiple seven foot long fish straight into the white surgeon one, yeah. multiple seven to eight foot long fish, like boom, bam, like one after yeah. another. Then the Goliath grouper came out, bam, go, like got a nice big Goliath, um, you know, from land. And then, uh, and then the snakehead literally, like, we have. I mean, I'm sure there's better bald eagle footage out there, but we were literally... The wildlife encounters have been crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's been... We've definitely been batting clean up, and everything's been right down the middle. Like, we've crushed every single yeah. episode we have so far has been a home run, and it's amazing stuff. We got a South Florida bobcat on film, like... Yeah, hunting iguanas in the yeah, same like, episode... As a As bald eagle hunting cat. I cat. thought that was such a cool, like, yeah. just from a creative yeah. standpoint, when you talk about, so people listening, the, the edge on the snakehead thing, I think is so cool. Like what I envision and like what we talked about, mm-hmm. I feel like came to fruition because we're like, yeah. well, we should do one that's Northern snakeheads mm-hmm. and bullseyes in the same episode because the contrast of the scenery and the style of fishing is so different. The swing yeah. of the uh, episode will be unique because you go to like Virginia and it's like this pristine waterways that haven't changed since the founding of the country. Yeah. And you talk about founding of the country, patriotism, bald eagles flying by <laughs> eating native Blasted fish from the banks cat. of the river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh well, yeah, well, problematic blue catfish. But in yeah. any sense, you get the point. It's like it was like very symbolic moment yeah. to see that while we're fishing for a non-native fish. Then we're going to pan straight over to chasing them in an urban setting behind a McDonald's, like pitch it up underneath that shopping cart. Iguanas yeah. running by, iguanas being hunted. So we got bald eagles hunting 
catfish in one area. The next one is a bobcat hunting iguanas. Yeah, in it's, South Florida. it's it's native, very interesting. The swing, yeah. the native so. species taking advantage of the invasive forage that they have. I think the big it, it's just the funniest part about all this. The biggest snakehead I think we have on camera or maybe the second biggest is like caught while some dude is watching a Miami Dolphins game 20 feet away. It's like just oh, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the contrast, like you go way back in these marshes for the Northern snakehead where you don't see anybody. It's just all green. And then you're fishing canals that if you weren't 300 pounds, you could jump across and yeah. <laughs> like, there's like trash, the guy floating, with a, leaf blower. a shopping cart. They're cutting up, they're like sawing trees and like yeah. some dudes watching a dolphins <laughs> game. And like, it's just, it's just nuts, man. Everything. And then even like the white sturgeon video, we have literally an eight foot white sturgeon eating on camera. I, this, and that's what my buddy, Steve Carroll talking about him being a fabricator and all this stuff. He created this camera mount this castable camera mount and it like it sets upright on the bottom. Like I don't, I haven't looked up to see if that footage is out there, but I'd wager to bet. It's probably the only footage of a sturgeon of that caliber eating a bait on camera and like getting hooked. Yeah. Like there's that. And then you go to Texas where we got this like giant white tail on camera mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Every single thing has been just as good as it could be and we're it just when you see that and you know if you if you watch it and you enjoy it and then you know because we've talked about it you know where we're trying to take this thing i think it's nothing but a vote of confidence for people that want to invest because it just shows that we're willing to do it and we will get the stuff on camera so well it's been pretty dynamic too because like there's aerial footage there's underwater yeah. footage. There's like action shots. There's not like GoPro, but it's like very much like attempting. And I think there should be, at least for me, there's an appreciation in the fact that there's no camera crew. We're like trying to like juggle yeah. with catching the fish while simultaneously yeah. trying to capture the moment in a way that like accurately. Yeah. Like shows what's happening. Um, And I think so far we've, done a good job i mean i think we've accomplished that but it's uh yeah. it hadn't been without a challenge but I've, i have been very pleased with like how the the successes have come because dude i go fishing on my own and it ain't never like that we went yeah. out there just blasted the alligator gar i'm like oh my gosh this is we got lucky we got I lucky again just, then we got lucky yeah. again i'm like geez <laughs> yeah i, I think mean, there was, there was the redfish <laughs> story but i mean there was the redfish attempt but that's not like that's so hit and miss in the springtime though like even if I don't know how we're going to be able to film reds being that we're so far apart. Like, I don't know how you're going to get up here to do it because it's such a last minute thing. Mm-hmm. So it might just be one of those deals where like we have redfish is option a, and then we have something else as option B because it's just spring and fall weather in Virginia. It's just flip of a coin. It's either going to be great or it's going to be freaking terrible. So, but we had like, we had season two and like stuff we're filming in the future. Like you're talking about flathead catfish. You're talking about giant, literally the biggest red drum in the world, you know, uh, musky, the, the big blue cats. I mean, we have all this stuff like we can dip into and, you know, like a lot of these like monster fish shows, 
like target the giant freshwater monster fish, but they kind of ignore some of like the the you know mid tier ones, like your flatheads yeah. and your blue cat. Like, how many video like episodes are we gonna get about a Mekong stingray before like okay we get it or like the you know the Wells cat or what? I still want to film and do all those, but those are gonna be mixed in with like yeah. Your, I think that's your well, a lot of that is like long range objectives when it comes to international tie. Hell, yeah. it's hard enough for us to <laughs> it's hard enough for us to <laughs> yeah. get together yeah. in the same state. But uh, yeah, but I mean, that's that's kind of the thing. All though, like, due time. All, all these TV shows kind of focus on the big freshwater monster fish. But like that story has been told a bunch. We have a bunch of species right here that never really get talked about, like. Jeremy Way, you know, he did a musky episode, but I don't know if I can't remember if they caught anything. You he know, did. like he caught it on a uh like he caught it on like a a little like lightweight um uh, yeah walleye rig or something. It was a really weird one. He caught yeah. it on like and very light like, tackle, small stuff. And then like really the weird. one thing that comes to mind when he like actually had a flathead on camera, like he noodled for him. A noodling, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like the rod and reel opportunities within the lower 48 is insane. I mean, I was just talking to Keith Severns the other day. He helped me write an article. This dude gets in a float tube for trout, like the trout style float tubes with the like fins and goes out and catches monster flatheads on flatheads, artificial yeah. baits. I've seen his yeah, stuff. It's, it's crazy. Like, yeah. And like, I'm talking to him about setting something up for maybe us to film a flathead episode and, I would love to do that. The stuff that y'all do with the lures for flatheads, I think that's so interesting. That even on even if it's not to film, like on a personal like interest thing, that's one Mm -hmm. I really, really want to do. But you have the ones we have here, and then you have the way Keith does it. And it's a good contrast. Like that's gonna be a great episode when we get around to filming it. So yeah. But that's the thing, man. Like that's the whole like have rods will travel like brand. I know we just kind of like adopted the name that I already had in place, but like, I don't know if it gets picked up by Amazon, the name might change. I don't know, but that's like, that's kind of the brand in general. We have the like show that we're working on, which, you know, it'll go on Amazon prime initially, but if it, if it gets picked up or something else happens with that, cool. But then we have the website with a bunch of articles and fishing news and it's kind there's, of and there's already hub. videos on the website like some of those short videos yeah. are really from some of the other guys have really been entertaining yep. for me i can't get yep. over the, the the steve carroll i mean i could watch that clip of the sturgeon jumping next to that dude's kayak yeah. a thousand times and then yeah. him screaming at the top of his yeah. lungs yeah if that it's doesn't get funny. your blood going i don't know what will every time i watch it's, that i'm oh my gosh <laughs> it's funny how many viral videos are within our circle like you got my alligator guard thing you have steve's uh sturgeon deal and then you have i mean yours wasn't fishing but that you're you and your german shepherds and like the christmas tree yeah. like if only it could if anybody fishing related <laughs> i know it's just funny how many like viral video like true viral videos have been within like the kind of circle we have but yeah i don't know man it's it's all in good fun it's just we are fishermen that love fishing and are just trying to express that to the world and that's kind of the gist of all of this so i think we ran a little long to really get into any storytelling so i don't well, think we, we always will. have next week that's <laughs> right. the beauty of this thing <laughs> yeah for sure do you have any before we kind of wrap it up do you have anything else you want to touch on with all that stuff 
No, not too much. I just I know that the video thing was uh, if there's one thing that I've been asked about with regards to the Haveraz will travel deal, it's a lot mm. of people have hit me up asking about the videos specifically. Like when's the videos yeah. coming out? What what's going on with the videos? That's mm -hmm. that's um, it's coming, but I just I want people to understand like it's there's some really awesome stuff. But you don't want to rush it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, it is a process. Be, it needs to be polished. Mm -hmm. uh, we can very easily just submit and say, you know what? Uh, well, let's just go ahead and let them go. But yeah. I'd rather not do that. The other like part about this that people may not realize is like, this is the process. Like the only reason there's been such a long lead up is because we've been talking about it since day one we started. Like most TV shows and stuff, there's the same amount of time that gets put into it, but you never hear about this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like boom, With there's an a show. army like, of people working on it. Whereas right. I ain't doing no editing. I just showed up to catch fish. That's yeah, all I mean, you. <laughs> yeah. But but that that's how this stuff works. Is like a TV show, uh, a, a successful show has this amount of like filming and editing and like lead up time, mm -hmm. you know, or a year, year and a half into doing this, but you never hear about that the show just like oh coming to discovery channel yeah. it just shows up but like because we have like our followers and our contingency of people that like care about our fishing exploits we like telling them what we have going on so we that's got why we're excited know. and we let everybody know about it <laughs> yeah i mean well screw it dude i mean yeah. it just you know whatever but um that's the whole deal like you're seeing the you're witnessing the entire process from a couple of dudes that are literally like doing it ourselves so that's why there's such a long lead up to this so hopefully like all that gets easier with time and and hopefully like money and sponsorships and and you know just the ability to facilitate actually doing this like you know hopefully that that amount of time shrinks but I don't know, man. We'll see. This is all new to all of us. The the website, the the podcasting. We're still every time I set this microphone Dude. and cameras up, it's like it's like a whole it's like an hour long ordeal trying to get it all together. We don't we don't know what we're doing. We're this is we are we are brand new at all of this. We are fishermen. You That's saw it. you saw me out there. It's so embarrassing when we were filming. <laughs> And yeah. you always want to, you know, you wanted to do those parts where we kind of explained what was going on. I struggled so badly to look into a camera and speak to it. And so, yeah. like, that's been my big challenge, like, on my little journey as I'm doing the podcast. I feel like mm. I'm getting better at it, but, oh, yeah. my God, you wouldn't believe how hard it is for me to, like, look at the camera and explain it. It's yeah. so weird for me. I'm like, this is weird. I can talk to a person, but yeah. Jesus. Looking at that camera and, and talking. And that it's be, being able to talk to a camera it's is much the easier now. When but, I but first started, I could not. Oh, it was bad. I told him I was like telling my outlier. wife to go You're away because right. I didn't want her to hear how stupid I look. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Please. I still do that with Harley. Don't yeah. come in here while I'm talking. Yeah. It's, it's now I'm okay but, with it. But boy, wow, that yeah. was hard. But that that's the outlier, though, dude. Like nobody is going to be comfortable talking to a camera like Steve. I had Steve on the rim of snake river Canyon trying to interview him. And I'm like feeding him questions. And it's like, we're doing 15 takes trying to get him like, dude, just chill. Like talk to me. I'm glad Forget I'm the not the only Steve. one then. Nah, Steve, dude, I, I feel your pain. Yeah. The only reason that <laughs> I, I am any little bit better than anybody else is because I've attempted to have a YouTube channel for like, 
10 years. I have all this backlog footage of me talking to a camera, but I yeah. get to the point where it comes to producing it. And it just sits It literally like I have terabytes of like hard drives of fishing videos that have just never been put out there. So, <laughs> you know, it's just stupid. Those stuff, will be but, invaluable one of these days. Yeah. The, but. the, the, the classics, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's all in good fun. So if, if any of our stuff ever sounds weird or looks weird, we're literally winging this shit. We are we're well, figuring it out as we go. That's been one thing so. I have said, and I've been very happy about with this whole thing. Is like I I feel like everybody that gets into this podcasting mm. or what have you has a starting point. Yeah. It's usually kind of rough, or it's a mm. far cry from where they're at now. Yeah. And so, like when I look at ours, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is this is going to develop. This is going to evolve. Yeah. Like a year from now, six months from now, it's gonna yeah. it's going to look different. But yeah. I'm very happy with the starting yeah. point. Like for me, that's important. It's like I'm pretty cool with where we're beginning. I'm pretty pretty happy with it. I've been it's been a it's been a, I, I've been surprised with the amount of work, yeah. but it's been a lot of like fun. So yeah, that's the other thing too. Like the deeper you get in the hole, maybe a sponsorship shows up, or you can upgrade gear, yeah. or upgrade. But you know, you never know where any of this stuff's gonna go. But like podcasting, there's people that go to school simply for like audio technical work videography there's like there's literal college degrees for all the shit we're trying to do we are simply fishermen trying to figure this out and you know it it is some bumps in the road i wish i could pay someone else to do all this crap yeah so mad about it no no, it's it's gotten a lot of i got a little bit of a system down now i'm like okay i can i can i can ride this for a while this ain't so bad yeah but (laughs) it is what it is it's all in due time it's just going to keep getting better. Just got to stick with all of it. But um, yeah, man, I think that's probably going to wrap it up for us. Uh, just to recap, if you're watching this um, or if you're listening to it and you want to watch it, check out HRWT Studios on YouTube. If you're watching, but you want to listen, say you're driving, you're going fishing, you're going to work, whatever. Um, should be available everywhere uh, podcasts are available. So Spotify, Apple Music, I think Stitcher, Pandora, all those. Um, but it's also available on our website. So if you go to haverodswilltravel.com slash podcasts, um, you can actually listen from the actual mm-hmm. website. So like in both versions are on there too. So the audio version um, is that, that yeah. feeds on there as well as the, the video stuff. But uh, while you're there, um, poke around the website, check out the articles and videos from all the various contributors, um, sign up for the, the emailing list, uh, share this with your friends. So it grows. That's just kind of where we're at with it. We're, we're trying to get a foothold in the game. We have, uh, the social medias. Um, we have a have rods will travel Facebook group. We have the HRWT studios, Facebook page where we do podcasts and clips and updates. Uh, we have Instagram, hrwt underscore fishing for article kind of updates and we have hrwt studios for the podcast and Mm -hmm. stuff so literally everywhere it's and you know so it's a lot i know but we're trying to give people options to whatever you like it's out there for you and we're on tiktok with the podcast and clips too so just search it you'll find it whatever you like but uh think that's it man i don't I don't think I have anything else. Me neither. All I would say, all I would add to that is like, if you, if you do, you know, browse through this stuff, give some kind of feedback. 
Yeah. I think everybody involved wants to know that we're doing something that people like. So if you have mm-hmm. constructive ideas on, or just feedback of, hey, this is what I, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what you like, what you don't like, things you might want to hear, things you might want to see. Topics, topics of discussion. Give us things to talk about. If you want us to expand on a topic or whatever, you can shoot us a DM or uh, email haverods at gmail.com. Give us stuff to talk about. That's the whole point of doing this. So, Mm -hmm. but anyway, that's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Josh Dolan. That's David Graham. And this is the Have Rods Will Travel podcast. That was